Yo, 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 it's your boy, 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 Double H, half to that hope, man, coming at you here for another um, episode of um, the, look, Beats and look, man, I think we should call it Beats and Bars, man, but let's, that's, that's for a different discussion. Last week, we did what we consider the best rapper of, of all time, one of the best albums of all time in Elmatic. So we thought, let's bring in um, Nas's best mates, um, Jay-Z, into the mix. This is DT's suggestion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, what we're going to do every week Open is it. one of the hosts is going to pick one album. So we just we, we started off with Elmatic, but this week, I've, I've decided for like my pick this week is going to be Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt. So One question, um, though. Like, like, for all the people listening, man, we got love for the South. We got love for the South. We got love for the West Coast. We're not just East Coast-centric, so... Right, right, right. You know, I, I was torn because I had I had Lil Wayne Carter three in my mind. I had Commons B in my mind. I had Reasonable Doubt. I was thinking AT, AT Aliens as well, so we're, mm. we're definitely going to get to all yeah. of those. No, 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 sure, no, no. Come on, for sure, for sure. Like... That is a bloody amazing. But look, let's 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 let's. let's Loki, Loki eight, uh, AT Aliens came out the same year as Reasonable Doubt did in 1996. Yeah, 96. Yeah. And I would say in 1996, people probably thought AT Aliens was better than Reasonable Doubt. Look, man, we will, guys, chill. We will deal with AT Aliens when we we'll deal with them. Let's let's keep the South. You know, we'll trust me. We love have love for the South. But right now, it's about Jiggerman's debut album, 1996. Your boy Carter, Sean Carter, reasonable doubts. So the way we're gonna kick things off, I just think you know, first impressions, just first general impressions. So I'll kick things off, and then you guys can uh, follow thy leader. Um, for me, my impressions of this first impressions was, wow, this is the introduction of a highly skilled rapper who has a flow that we've never really had before. And I think the introduction to just his skill level, his wordplay, and how he was, and how he skillfully dances along the words, and how he very smoothly connects the syllables, just so intricately and so effortlessly, was something we'd never seen before. So I just think that was just my first impression. And I think again, we'll talk about the album a bit deeper, and maybe a whole debates about the whole thing. But I think the thing that stood out. Most more than anything was Jay Z, the skillful rapper and the skill of this guy. Whereas in Ilmatic was my gosh, we're just looking at that amazing products of production, um, rapping, content, and everything came together as one. I think this, the thing that just stood head and shoulders above the production, above the content, above anything was wow, this guy is very skilled at rapping, and we've not really seen a guy with this particular kind of rapping style and the way that he's utilizing this particular rapping style. So that was just the thing that jumped out at me as my first impression. Tosin, what do you think? Yeah, man, like uh, we, we was talking about it last week. Like, you know, what is a classic? And what I really wanted to say was a classic has to encapsulate like the essence of an artist. Reasonable doubt is the essence of Sean Carter. Okay, a dude who was at, you know, that point in his life you know, one foot out of the door with the street life. This was an album that was 26 years in the making. We got tales on the drug game, tales on human relationships, like uh, the inner machinations of secret societies too. Uh, he just, 
he touches on a lot of things in this album that are just so grandiose, so big. And like Killer Mike said, this album is it's Shakespearean. You know, it's it's especially for a person who's like who's a who's who's in the street life cuz I've heard a lot of people like uh from the so-called uh street life they say this is reasonable doubt is the hip hop bible for every street nigga. Like that's what they look at reasonable doubt as from just can't knock the hustle. We'll get into the records later, but mm. you know, from can't knock the hustle to the evils to feeling it, the highs and the lows of the street life. And then him just relating that to different mafioso movies like uh, Scarface, uh, The Godfather. A lot of mafioso references on here. It's really dope. You know, when, when you see, it's, it's interesting when you listen to records. And I think we'll probably come to this a lot the more we do this podcast. This wasn't the first thing I heard of Jay-Z. It's not like we were all born in 1980 and we were listening to 1996 records as we were 16, 17. Like, these are records that we've gone back to off the strength of recommendations from people or just you hear Jay-Z does, you know, Hard Knock Life or whatever, and you go back and listen to it. So when I listened to it for the first time, I had the expectation of this is going to be great. Because everybody's telling me this is a great album. You need to go back and listen to Jay-Z's first record. You heard Reasonable Doubt? Nah, go listen to it. One of those. So when you go back and listen to it and you just hear, especially when, like, I think we got a glimpse of the kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? The kind of introspective Jay-Z in, like, 444. Yeah. You, you got a glimpse of it in, in American Gangster because that's a concept album. But all the other kind of records, if you're looking at, you know, the In My Lifetime volumes and Blueprint, it's it's a little there. Black album, it's a little there, but that was obviously his retirement album. But when you go back and listen to this and he's giving you his life, as you say, he's 26, which is kind of old for a debut. Nas gave us his debut at 1920. So this guy has six more years on top of that. And like if you listen to the story, this guy was uh I don't I don't know if he was a major drug dealer, but he was a big enough drug dealer to where he had enough stories to tell. Um, he was living and, lavish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, it, there's a bar. I'm still spending money from 88. This is 96. Yep. So <laughs> he has money stacked up for at least eight years, you know? So going back and listening to it and experiencing the Jay-Z that wasn't in the mainstream when I first went back to it, that's the, that's the first thing that stands out to my mind like so this isn't the guy on the big pimping boat with all the women with pipsy just rapping on the boat like this isn't this this guy actually lived a life and he encapsulated that life in his first album um so that's yeah. that interesting dynamic i think for me anyway. no, i think just i want to just quickly expand upon i mean before we get into just expand upon a bit on what danny was saying is that um for me this is why i feel that personally for me this is my favorite album of Jay-Z's. I think if I'm going to be objective, probably the best album is Blueprint, but my personal favorite is this one. And I think my issue with Jay-Z, which is why I've always preferred Nas, is Jay-Z just, like, he's, he's always a bit too braggadocious in his raps. And it's almost like, oh, man, look at how cool I am. Look at how much I'm basically showing off. And that was always his mentality after this. But this is an album in which, no, he was telling a story get a point to make that he was really hungry. So he didn't even have the whole thing of like, look, I'm look at how good I am, look how arrogant I am. I know I have to prove myself. I have to show how how good I am and let me actually 
gets into and give you somewhat of a idea and tell you a kind of a story because I'm sort of I still have to prove myself. After this was done, because it was such a huge, amazing debut and so successful, you never really got that the same hunger that you saw in this album in his in the in the subsequent albums. You did you do not have that same hunger. It was it's like a concept album, but the concept is his actual life. So so he's like he's telling a story, but the story's real and the story's him. It's not like how Kendrick Lamar will jump into someone's body or how Nas will yeah. jump into someone's body and tell a, a story from their point of view. Like the, the person mm. whose body they're jumping into is like, oh, Nas, well done. J. Cole, well done. You're able to see from other people's perspectives. Jay-Z is giving you his perspective, his lived experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in, in a way that, as you say, like he, I, I think just as when, when rap went into like that 98, 99, 2000, up until... You, someone could argue today, like people aren't really for that introspective stuff. Like, <laughs> like people want to see ass shaking and X Y Z. Like, we we aren't really here to hear like tales in that way. So Jay Z's first album is that tale. Is that it's, you know? Yeah, a lot of storytelling on this. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, no. I, I think for me, that's why. Like, my only hope is that I wish that he maybe carried on. A bit more in this vein, but I suppose, as you said, if I've already told my story, I've already told my story. So now let me just get onto some other kind of content and everything, since the story has already been told. Also, an argument can be made that you can always expand on these stories in different other creative ways. But again, you know, this is the um, interesting thing, though. Like when when Nas is telling the story from just some random person he's made up, he can say whatever he wants because it's not a real life story. If Jay-Z comes on and tells the real-life stories of things that happened that he was doing three, four, or five years ago, that's self-incrimination. Like, if, if he actually was the big drug dealer that he says he was, and many people can vouch that he was, he can only say but so much about his actual oh, yeah, true, true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's not like he can keep giving you tidbits of the drug game, not necessarily, <laughs> because you're still in 1990 New York. You say too much... You could be gone, you could be out, you could be in prison. Anything could happen. So I think we do have to keep that in mind, that if he's telling the truth. Yeah. Okay, so look, man, let's let's get right into it, man. So now, first record, Can't Knock the Hustle. Now, you guys, I think it was Danny, you mentioned that um, you had like the hard knock life and all that kind of stuff. Then he then came to Reasonable Doubt. Well, no, that's... I, I, I heard... Hard Knock Life before I heard Reasonable Doubt. That's my point. My first exposure to Jay-Z was probably Kingdom Come. And in okay. and, and, and terms of like the first album that I bought, because I think that was 2007. Mm. But like that's, that's the first Jay-Z album I bought. 99 Problems, Dirt Off Your Shoulder, like Black yeah. Album, Blueprint, Classics. Mm. Um, but from that kind of Hard Knock Life up until... Kingdom Come. That was my exposure until like the internet came off, and then you were able to like kind of go back and and pick up what happened in the nineties. So 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 Tosi, what wait, so what was your first exposure to Jay Z then? Oh yeah, first exposure to the Jigga Man. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's not really, it sounds like like some kind of like Boogie Monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say like first to the Boogie Man sounds like some. Pedophilic type shit. I was like, hey, but uh, I, I would say around middle school, I was listening to 
No, actually, no. Elementary school when uh, "Crazy in Love" came out with B. Mm. That was the first time I ever heard Jay. And then after that, I would say like the first album that I really picked up on was the 99 Problems video. Cause I remember that came out just around the same time. Well, maybe in the space of a year that Kanye's Jesus Walks came out. So it was around that, like that same time frame. I felt yeah, oh, like right, over the 0304. Yeah. yeah. So that's the black album. I would say was my first exposure to Jay. Like, I think this now shows like our uh, age day difference. Again, I don't want to reveal my age, but look, I just think because I'm a little bit older than you guys because uh, my first exposure, and I'm not sure whether I was either in Nigeria or England, but because we used to watch loads of music v- videos because this was when MTV actually showed music, music videos back in the day. You know, shocking, I know. <laughs> the video that I first, my first exposure to Jay-Z was the Can't Knock the Hustle music video. Wow. I don't remember thinking that, oh, wow, like, this is, first of all, a pretty cool music video, just a very good, like, visual concept for a music video. Mm-hmm. And just that bass groove and everything. And because, you see, it felt like an R&B track, but with a rapper singing over it. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like a rap track. So yeah. it almost seemed as if Mary J. Blige... I think at first I thought it was Mary J. Blige's song and Jay-Z was featuring on it. Mm. Because it feels, it feels like an R&B song. It doesn't feel like, like a, a rap song. So already from that, and I think once you start your album like that, that already gives you a certain vibe of like, okay, you know, I may be talking about hosting and everything, but I'm giving it to you in a more suave, sophisticated, um, refined kind of way because of the kind of, R&B tapestry. I think we have that, to mention but before yeah. even the music. That video, though. What, um, oh, amazing. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's it's really yeah. It's kind of like it's very cinematic, you know. Just Iconic. when you look at the you look at the album cover, he has the same outfit almost. I mm. would say all black. The movie, uh, the video shot in black and white. He's got the fedora cap. He's got the fedora hat on. Yeah, I think he's with his girl. You could tell that he took a lot of. Um, inspiration off of those um movies that he was that the movies that were coming out around the time like the goodfellas the casinos the the scarfaces those types of movies and he just wanted to just remember how the the album opens up it opens up with exactly. a heartbeat and someone doing that hey, hey, hey. you know you know that like, i don't want i don't want to do the accent but that's a that was from scarface like that whole that opening line that's from scarface but it's customized though, because they say you know, with Jay Z, they they use Jay Z's name in it. So yeah, yeah, because yeah, he's like, really um, hey, big man, hey, I want to make a big buck, huh? And oh, Chico, if any comes to buy money, hey, prosito. <laughs> I I I I can't speak and tell you. I was Jay Z's gonna stick your head so far. No, Jay Z's gonna stick your head up, up your so ass, far your ass, and the rabbit gets fucked. And then, and then the album starts, and and that's what I wanted to mention as well. Is like, it just be, even before we get into the music, Jay Z setting this up as a mob movie, which which can lead us even before we talked about music once again about just mafioso rap. About mm-hmm. this comes out the same year as it was written. It comes out the year after Only Built for Cuban Links. Like Do or this die. is the yeah Do or Die in '95 as well um, from AZ. This comes out in the heart of the mafioso rap epidemic, if we want to call it that, you know? So, and this is 
I don't know if it's the best. I would probably still put only Buffy Cuban Links above this one. Um, but it's not better than it's, it's better than it was written. Whether it's better mm-hmm. than Do or Die, we'll get there eventually. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think we get there. It's, it's it's not better than than, than Do or Die. It's not. <laughs> I'm gonna save our our, our do or die comments for for when we do it. But yeah, I, I think it's it's very important to mention that kind of mafioso kind of drug cartel racketeering type shit. Yeah, so I mean, not, 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 because I think again, because I just like because your opening track is very very important because it sets the tone now. Some albums may have a particularly strong opening track and the other tracks may not be as strong as the opening track or maybe the opening track will have a certain vibe and the rest of the tracks don't have the same vibe as it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. At the end of the day, as again, we discussed it with Illmatic, track listing and the ordering of tracks is hugely important. You know, as in starting with this, because basically it sets the tone as to what kind of vibe that Jay-Z was going for. And I, and I know that it was a very, very important decision to put this at number one. Because again, most, like let, let's say a rapper has like a, a top track, similar to what DJs will say. DJs will always say, never play your best track first. Or you always want people to build up to your really big single track, which is mostly track three, four, or maybe five. You know, but you would argue, because I believe this was the first single he released, you would argue, oh, even I, if, I, I don't think this, this is the second. best. Yeah, okay, the second. But basically, this is 100% one of the best songs on the album, 100%. So what he says in this and how he says it, I think it was the right decision to make this the opening track. Because Do you guys have the story behind this album? I, that like, I would say so. Oh, oh go I'm ahead, Chelsea. Uh, this record, Can't Knock the Hustle, I remember he was doing an interview on it. And um, he says that most people on first listen when they hear the song. Uh, when they see the even when they see the title track, they're like, uh, you know, they think of the classic adage, you know, you can't knock my hustle. But Jay said that he was hustling was his life, but music was his hustle. So right here in this record, he's really talking about the music. Mm-hmm. And when he's saying like, you know, hustling was his life, music was his hustle, by like, you know, the commutative law and mathematics, music at that point you know, became his life, you know, it, you know, it was his hustle, but it was also his life at the end, at the end of the day. And like, uh, honestly, the first time I heard this record, man, like, I just smiled. Like, this is, <laughs> it's the first impression I got because I think there was a lie where the shop is freeze, cop in three, deuce fever, I yes is fully loaded, ah uh-huh, yes. Bastard in the Lex Luca. Tie a smoke like Buddha, 50 G's to the crap shooter. Niggas can't fade me. Crow stocks beaming. Through my peripheral, I see you scheming. Stop dreaming, I leave your body steaming. Niggas is fiending, what's the meaning? I'm leaning on any nigga intervening with the sign of my money machine. I was just like, what? <laughs> this dude is cold. This dude is cold. Like, it sounds like a movie. He's talking about 50 G's to the crap shooter. You think you're in Vegas? Like, you know, the dudes, the de- dealers out there handing out chips and stuff. Like, like you feel like you're in a movie. Those are the best rappers, like I said last week. Like, the best rappers are the ones who can make you visualize. They spit movies. Like, and that's what this record was. This is a seminal record of the 90s, for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, so let's 
moved unless Danny have anything more on camera. No, I was just gonna say like one of my favorite lines of Jay Z where he's like, "Can a nigga see me? Got the U.S. Open advantage, chica. Serve like Sanford, play Sanford like a campus." I just like you know just those. Just those U.S. Open advantage jigger, especially like yeah. me, like I love sports. So like when he says U.S. Open advantage jigger, serve like Sampras. Yeah. When whenever you weave in like a sports metaphor or a sports simile or whatever, like I'm I'm always a sucker for that. So I just want to mention that. But also, well, I I do want to mention something that that Tosin said quickly before we move on to uh, politics as usual. This was supposed to be Jay Z's only album. Like his goal, because everyone was telling him like, "Yo, you you're a great rapper. You're you." Like you should put out an album because he's been rapping since '93, never put out an album, or probably '92 or whatever the case may be. So his plan was really put out one album, get people to stop telling me to put out the album, and then just become like the CEO of Rockefeller Records or whatever the case may be, and that way people will stop telling me to put out music. So uh, back to Tosin's point, when it's can't knock the hustle, he's telling people like, "Yo, my hustle is rap, so don't knock me for trying it or doing what I'm doing. Like this is gonna be my one album." And that's going to be that. And then it, that gets a bit confusing because then I think 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, he puts out an album. So I don't he know how long that play lasted. For five years straight. Yeah. No, six, so. six, seven. Bro, Jay dropped an album every year. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's why lying pretty much. Yeah, yeah, That's probably important to mention. All right, let's move to track two, politics as as usual. All right. Okay, go okay, 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 let me let me let me throw throw something in then and I, maybe you guys will scream scream at me. Um not not a fan of the of the, of the track. What? Wow. Now let me now let me land. Let me land, let me land. Now <laughs> it is I'm not gonna say it's a bad track, but I'm just not a fan of it. I think coming off the back of Can Knock the Hustle. When you go to politics as usual, it's like okay, it's good, but it just basically it doesn't jump out at me. Again, sip, and this will be a very similar thing that I have with this album is great rapping production is, you know, production. I mean, production was cool. Some amazingly well produced tracks, but overall, the production is not something I would say was a glowing attribute of this. Basically, Jay Z's rapping. Outperformed the, the, the production on it. And I think with politics as usual, again, what is still the thing that's being maintained is this, is how good this guy is at rapping on his skill. But just far, as far as the song goes, it just didn't jump out at me. You tripping? <laughs> that that beat is cold. Like it has kind of like the same, I don't know, twangy sour chords as like represent in my mind. Just that kind of I don't know what that piano is. But then you you marry that with like the sense. I don't know. There's just something about that that song. It's just like it's dope. And for you to say like the you you don't like the beat. Uh, no, no, no. Look again. Constructive. We have to be honest here. So we have to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your, so, that, if 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 that's your truth, that's your truth. But I'm yeah. just saying I, I don't agree with the premise. Like, like no, it's no, like no. it's a track that adds 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 skip. Well, what? So, not yeah. pop man, you tripping. You tripping. <laughs> bro, this record, bro, I, okay, I will admit this. The first time I ever heard Reasonable Doubt when I was like 12, 13, I skipped this record. I never liked this record for some reason. But when I revisited it, 
And just the fact that, you know, I make beats myself, I was just like, yo, the way he flipped this, like Ski Beats, the way Ski, Be Ski Beats flipped this, because this record, when I went to like, um, we, were, we were doing a July 4th barbecue um, at, uh, three, four years ago. And my and one of the persons at my church, who's like the choir leader at my church, he's into soul music from the 60s, 70s. And he played this record called The Stylistics, Hurry Up This Way Again. Hurry up this way again, again. So when I heard that, I was like, yo, I think I've heard this before. I, I've heard this record before. And then I come out, it's politics as usual that sampled it. So when I come, when I listen, when I listen to it again, it's this like, man, like this record is, this record is cold. Like, and you hear, you hear like, um, like some of the, 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 the bars Jay-Z was saying, like, I think he was like, uh, my life is based on sacrifices, jewels like ISIS and fools that think that I slip. You fuck around, you get your guys hit. They built me to be filthy on some I do or die shit. So he's just still, he's still talking about the streets, but just the the, the way that record goes, it's like the, the instrumental, it's, it's it's as if like it's at, it's as if like you're, it's a dealer at a drug meet. You know what I'm saying? Like it sounds weird, but that's just how the instrumental just fits it perfectly. The, I don't know, the little twinkle in the production thingy like that, that keeps on coming in, it just didn't work for, for, for me. It didn't, it didn't work. I mean, because again, I just, coming off kind of thoughts, which is such a bloody good track, production-wise, the hook, the rapping, everything, to go from this, it just feels like a little bit of like a little dip. Like, it's still decent, but... You see, for me, if, again, back to our um, ongoing theme, track listing, I would have pushed this down. I would have moved this maybe down to maybe track 12, that's, uh, maybe track 11 or so, when it tracks basically like end it with. See, this is a 11, 12 track. This is not a track two. You can't put mm. it as track two. I can see that point. I can see, like, if, if you're trying to wind down that album, you could, you could put this track lower if you want it. Yeah. But like again, like my favorite line was like, "Ain't no stopping the champagne from popping the drawers and dropping the log yeah. and watching." <laughs> push to use that. Push to use that on uh, the games we play, like last year on the Daytona album. So yeah, yeah he interpolated that. Yeah, that's dope. All right. So I'm. Um, so I mean, Danny, any any more on politics as usual or? No, nah, I, I just I I think it's it's a solid track. Like if I had to rate it out of like five, I'd give it a like a four. Okay. All right, now, a little bit of a story that I have on this Brooklyn's Finance that I got from the Joe Biden podcast. Now, I really like this record, by the way. What? <laughs> hey, get to it. Easy trend. Guys, just relax, relax. Don't get knives. Don't get knives. Now, basically, a story that I heard was Jay-Z wrote his verse pretty quick, and it yep. took Biggie a few days to write his own verse. Weeks, bro, um, not days. Yeah, we, yeah, okay, we, okay, okay, nine days. But basically, Joe Biden said that as a rapper, it makes a big impression if you take longer than me to write your verse and your verse isn't as good as mine. That means something. And I don't understand where he's coming from. And again, Biggie has done some of the most ridiculous verses ever. But I feel that jay-z's was stronger than him now based on the track that was just a little bit of story based on, on on the track you see let me be real with you let me be fully honest here 
First of all, I'm not sure this was mixed very well. It just seems as if Jay-Z or the sound just seems a bit too low, but the, the mixing does just don't seem as, as clear and as crisp as the first one. So that was a bit of an issue with me. If you tell me that in 1996, Jay-Z and Biggie are going to be on a track, I expected better. <laughs> I, expect- wow. I, 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 I expected better. Like, for like, all praise to, like, Kent Clark, who I think was the producer on this, or Clark Kent, sorry. Clark Kent um, went off. I I I don't like this beat at all at all at all. What? Like maybe like like Wait, like maybe in '96 it sounded great. So maybe I'm I'm listening to this with like two new ears or two old ears, however you want to define that. But it's it sounds like I don't know, just like some cheap, I don't know, Fruity Loop type shit that people would make today. I, I I I and and it ruins the the the, yeah, the, it's the whole experience for me. Way too much is going on. Way too much know, is going on. Before we were yeah. going to do this podcast, before you told me we were going to do Reasonable Doubt, one of the talking points that I really wanted us to get into was who spazzed more on this, Jay or Big? And now we can't do it because you say it's trash. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying it's trash. I'm just saying I don't like it. That doesn't oh, mean no, no, that no, 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 no. Like, it's, not, it's, it's not crap, but... Yeah, it's, instance, it's not bad. I just don't like it. At, because, look, we have... Dead presidents following this. We have feeling it following this. We have the evils following this. We have can I live following this? Like this isn't up to par. And I like politics as usual better than this song. So we have like four bona fide hip hop classics after this. Maybe even you could count like twenty two twos in that if you wanted. But oh, we are gonna get there. We are gonna get there because <laughs> yeah, because, like well, this, I'm, this I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say something about that. I'm going to yeah, say something about this, that. This, but, um, this track no, 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 isn't no, no, on no, par no, with those. Okay, sorry. Let me. Oh, sorry, toss it. I find myself wanting to skip this to get to Dead Presidents. Wow. Wait, look. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So, wait, wait. The issue is this. The issue is this. The issue is this. Let, let me just very briefly. The issue is this is that the. It's because, again, you said, okay, who spouse that more and everything? Like, there's no question. Easily, Jay Z had. It's not even up to question, which was the issue because. Everybody knows that when Biggie is on it, people can argue that he's the greatest rapper of all time based on flow and skill level that Biggie is the best. When when Biggie's in his bag, you nobody can touch touch him. And for me, I don't know whether it was just the beat, the time it took. This just was not Biggie at his peak and at his very best. Like Jay Z was on on form here. Biggie just wasn't on form here, and it just felt. I don't know what I think. You know what? Because this trust me, and this is something that is very important. It doesn't matter how great of the rapper you are. The beat is critical and crucial. An amazing rapper won't make an amazing song out of a average beat or, or a bad, bad beat. And I think for, if I are telling me, if let's say I'm a, I'm a producer and Jay-Z and Biggie are coming onto a song, I'm giving them a dead president's beat. I'm giving them a The Evil's beat where... It's not about me. It's about these two guys. So let's stop with all of this crazy stuff that's happening in the background. Let me let me my beats be effective, strong. But basically, I'm putting in a DJ premiere kind of hat when I'm doing the beats, where the beat is there, but it's there to serve the, the rappers. When I'm listening to this, I'm like, okay, he's rapping. Wait, what's that song? It's just too much happening. Biggie went. Biggie, Biggie got off, though, like. 
Crystal forever. So see, be, be, be real. Is that is that is that one of Biggie's top verses? Come no, on, be no, real. But this is just like it's just a. I look at this record like like MJ Kobe like Ronaldinho versus Neymar for the football fans out here. It, it's just two dudes just going at it, master and apprentice. That, that's what it is, man. I, I can't believe y'all well, right I now. I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless. All right. You got the two best Brooklyn MCs. You got the top Brooklyn DJ. This what, is Brooklyn's finest. What does that mean, though? Like, you're just giving me the stats. It's cool. Look, how man, they, they, they have about the actual execution. It's like, Vicky it's was like, like uh, Vicky had bars, though. Like, the Mafia keep cannons and they mark view cannons. Usually, Cuatro Cinco, the shell sinks low. Tossing you mad slugs through your nautica. It's, it just, it's, it like, wasn't as bro. sharp and wasn't as, as 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 concise as we know Biggie can be. I don't know whether whether that was for Biggie not really vibing with the production of the production itself. We know Biggie. When oh, Biggie, Biggie is on it, he will he will dismember a track when he wants to. Clark, when Clark Kent made this beat for Jay, Biggie said because the story behind this is like Jay, um, Jay had this beat ready. He was gonna call it. Um, the nice guy or something like that. I can't remember what he was going to call it. Some, 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 no more Mr. Nice Guy, something like that. And then Biggie, he wanted this beat, like, because he told Clark Kent, yo, give me this beat. I want this beat. But, you know, they said, that, oh, no, it's for Jay. So Jay and Big, they meet in the same studio session. And Jay knocks out, um, he knocks out the verse in like five minutes. And Big's just like, they're awestruck. He's like, he ain't write nothing. Like, what, what? What's going on? Like, <laughs> this dude ain't write nothing. Like, how, like, how did he just spit that in five minutes? Like, he just did all this in five minutes, and, and then that's how you went went to the whole story that you talked about. You know, they went to the, um, that um, sorry, that uh, Big went for a couple of days, couple of weeks to get his own verses done. But you know, it's fine though. Like, that's the difference, maybe, because like last week we were talking about Az's life's a bitch. And how AZ did that in like the spur of the moment. And we call that, you know, arguably the greatest feature verse of all time. And then Biggie takes weeks. And then you guys, according to y'all, y'all think his performance wasn't that good. You know, it's crazy how things turn out. But, you know, let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Okay. okay let's, let's move on. Let's Can we talk on. about right, their um, presence? Please. Okay. Look, um, I think we can all agree that. This not only is the best track on this album, and arguments can be said. I don't, all of you Jay Z fanboys out there with your bloody take, all, all, all of the, the tracks, this right here, an argument can be made in better. This is Jay Z's best ever rap track that he's ever made. Um, yeah. because again, a- I- iconic line. That Nas, because even when Nas said the line on the mask, I'd say, yeah, man, yeah, that's that's quite a powerful line, actually. Um, from that line looping, and again, so, so this now speaks to product, and even you as a producer should even know this. And this now is what I thought was an issue that I had with Brooklyn's finance, and even to a, a, a degree, politics as as usual. Baseline, beats, the the kick. It's easy, it's simple, it's effective, and I've just I'm just giving the foundation and the platform for the rapper to perform. 
I'm not here to try and overperform the rapper. I'm not here to try and show how good of a producer I am with all the different bells and whistles I have. My rap is there. And the, the fact about it is that because the production is minimal, there's still enough there for you to be like, damn, man, that bloody bass line, that bloody groove, that bloody kick, that bloody beat and everything. And it just makes it so easy. It makes it easy for the rapper to show himself. And it just overall comes together at what is a very, a very strong track. And yeah, just like when I just hear this, first of all, how it starts, how Jay-Z raps on it is just a bloody amazing track. Basically, it's, it's a perfect marriage of beats and rapping. Exactly. Like, this is the thing with Jay-Z. You don't need an over, overly complicated beat, it's especially 1996 Jay-Z, who was coming with that triple rhyme, ippity-dippity-wippity-ippity. Like, yeah. he's, he's going to say so many words and use his voice in a way where if you have two things that are complicated going off each other, it's just going to sound like a mess, which is a little bit of my problem with Brooklyn's Finest. This mm. Ski made the beat so simple. He flipped um, the sample, A Garden of Peace. I'm forgetting the, the guy's name. Lonnie but that sample... Smith. Lonnie Liston-Smith. Like, the way he flipped the sample and just took the beat, and it's just so... It's calming, and it lets Jay-Z just tell the story that he needs to tell. And this is, I think, like our first real introspective Jay-Z song, really. Maybe you could yeah. argue... Can't maybe you can argue can't knock the hustle is giving you a story, but this is like, oh, so Jay Z really is a drug dealer, huh? Like this is, and now he's going through the stories of you know what happens. So and also, I thought it's really interesting where he comes up like, um, to the death of us, me and my, me and my confidants, we shine y'all feel the ambiance, y'all niggas just rhyme. So it's yeah. basically like, yo, all, all you people who are just on this mafioso wave. Like, let me tell you some real shit that happened to me, not just some yeah, shit I'm making up, yeah. you know? Yeah. By that's the good, elf, that's no accumulates like snow. We that's don't just snow. shine, we illuminate the whole show. The whole you show. feel me fascists for the other side would love to kill me, spill three quarts of my blood into the street, let alone the heat, the police, <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck them. They hated the nigga, loving his life in all possible ways. No defense is bugging my life. Hospital days reflected with my man laid up on the uptown high block. He got his size. Bro, like this what? is that is so real. That's just like bro, I'm getting hype right now. Like, <laughs> like this is this is one of the first verses, uh, along with the Nas verses. Like when when I was like, I need to memorize this. The 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 same way you have people who are probably in the mosque or in their church or synagogue, like they're trying to memorize like passage, surah this, Matthew chapter four, verse nine, like whatever. I was like, I heard this, I was like, I need to memorize that verse. Okay, wait, but let's talk about this though. This is this is gonna be okay. So when I was when I first heard this album, and in my subsequent listens of listenings of, like of this album back then, was this out of pocket? So what I would do is, I would delete this record, what? and I would play Death Presidents One, and I would put Death Presidents One into my iPod. You would delete Which, the record though. You wouldn't just add. Too. You see, like what I would do, I would maybe add oh. like "Dead Presidents" as an additional track, or uh. something like that. But you don't delete "Dead Presidents" too because "Dead Presidents" one is better to you. That's what I that's, used to that's, do. Though. That's sacrilege. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is that's that's, that's quite psychotic. <laughs> you could just add the track, is it? Or, or maybe if you had, you know, one of them old MP3 players that had like one gig. So you didn't have any space. Maybe you could get the, get rid of that, get rid of it that way. Yeah. But nah, nah but like, that was, the, the that more was I bad. Listen though, more I listen though. Two is better. Two, two is, is better. more. It is. It's more. 
it's just so visceral. Like it's yeah, like when he was like, I'm not not life, when, 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 when Jay said, I saw his life slipping, this is a minor setback. You'll still and all we live in this dream. This dream about the get back that made him smile through his eyes said, pray for me. I do you one better and slay these niggas faithfully. Murder is a tough thing to digest. It's a slow process, but I ain't got nothing but time. I was just like, yo, like he's giving you. So, so one of my homies is dead, but I'm dreaming about to get back. Like, He's I will like, make this right for you. Yeah, I had near brushes, not to mention three shots, close range, never touched me. Divine intervention, can't stop five from drinking my ties with He said, and again, doing this, I dab in a crazy way. Without rap, Without I was, rap, crazy, I was straight. crazy straight. So he's telling y'all, like, there's this record too, um, because you were talking about American Gangster. Like, That's bro, just the obviously verse, it's in the album, this is the album, but I've always felt that American Gangster was like the sequel to um mm. to Reasonable Doubt. Because like just there was a, remember that record, good. remember remember that record rock uh rock boys where he's like uh let you hear hair down, baby. I just hit a score. Pick any place on the planet, pick a shore, take what the Forbes figured, and figure more, because they forgot to account what I did with the raw. You know, like he's letting y'all know, like he's just letting people know from jump. Like before rap, I was, I was, was I was the man street. in these streets. I was the man in these streets. Like, bro, there were, I, I listen, I read stories, I think in his book, Decoded, his autobiography. And he was talking about he would go into clubs and the nice thing, like he would just tip the waiter. He would tip the waiter. He would tip, you know, the bouncers in the club. Like he was the man in Brooklyn. People knew who Jay was before he started, like, you know, becoming the rapper that we know of him as today. Yeah, so, but like in 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 this very song where he goes, Don't get it correct, this shit is perfected from chips to chicks to stripping the stripping in the Lexuses or some shit like that. Like that Jay in his Lexus. Like he had yeah. uh, apparently he loved Lexuses and he was driving like the white Lexus with the TVs in it before yeah. he was a rapper. So how is this guy getting money? First off, have so we even talked about how this record this. came out? Like Rockefeller Records, the concept about how everyone who featured and produced on this album was paid in basically straight cash, homie. Yep. Like no, like nobody got checks. People just got bales of cash. Like where was this money coming from? Like, talked about it. Osmosis. They never wanted. It. Never wanted any handouts. He would say, "Do this for me. I'll pay you for it." Everything, bro. I think they did a record before this. I can't. It's called "In My Lifetime." This was in '95 that he dropped it. Mm -hmm. So, and they filmed this record in the Caribbean islands. The "In My Lifetime" nigga? No, not not <laughs> not "In My Lifetime" Volume One. See, that's the problem. People get into no, 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 no. I, no, I mean, like, there's a skit in this album. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, and he's oh, like, yeah, yeah. Z, he's like, uh, he was like, afraid of folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave's hilarious. Let's get, let's get some funny as hell. Okay, 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 okay. Let's just keep him. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Um, bro, that was just the first verse, bro. But no, 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 no. Just, just, just suffice it to say, this is my favorite Jay Z track, and shout out to Nas for. You made it a hot line. I made it a hot song. Feeling it. Um, another dope one. Cool track. Another another cool track. Again, chilled out, chilled. I really like the, um, what's it called? Mecca does the um, hook on this. 
and I think you you you'd, you'll get this more when the album goes through. It just shows Jay Z's range that he can give you fast, he can give you slow, he can give you mid range, he can give you interest, he can give you in, introspective, he can give you skill, wordplay, and everything. I think this one just showed you similar to can knock 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 the hustle. He he, this is he can give you much more of a slower vibe and really his because again everything okay this guy is like the wiggity 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 wiggity, wiggity kind of rapper but still he can still take the whole wiggity rap and mellow it down and give it a nice groove that works well for this which is a much more slower paced kind of track so mm. also I, I think ski ski needs his credit like the flip on the Ahmad Jamar sample oh it's just delicious man that's the only one i have for delicious great yeah, I think it's I I I think the song's pastures. It's busy. So thoughts on feeling it. Your thoughts on the track, feeling it, bro. Like feeling it is just it makes you I don't know good. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know how to describe it. It's just the it's the highs of of a drug dealer's career, like you know. Yo, do you know, you know I just realized I'm just looking at the lyrics for the first time. Transactions illegitimate because life is still a bitch and then you die. But for now, life close your eyes and feel his dick. He he used Nas again because life is still a bitch and then you die. Yeah. So he was heavily influenced by um, Nas. Apparently, Nas was supposed to be on Reasonable Doubt, or was Jay oh, we'll get to that to later. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Feeling it is just Jay's ode to like the streets. Talks about you know the highs of being a drug dealer. You know, you got the girls around him living a lavish life, sipping Moet. Jay, at that point in his career, when he was growing up in the '80s, he knew that uh, people who sold crack, like they were, they were like the kings of the neighborhood. So he fell in like that tough kid from across the hall. You know, he said that um, one of his homeboys, I think his name was DeHaven Irby, he introduced him to the game. And that um, one of the benefits of him and his crew was working out of town because with this record, he talks about, I believe there's a line where he's like, no doubt, they can vouch my life is real as shit. 95 South and Poppy on the hill and shit. And all, and all the towns like Cambridge that I killed with shit. So like that that town Cambridge, um, they had a rink up in Maryland in the in the town of Cambridge, and that's like 12,000 12, people. And around that place, the Irby guy, he they said that they used to run cocaine down the I-95 corridor. Um, and they would supply like a ring of local distributors. So that was Jay's hustle. Jay's like when DT's talking about, you know, Jay doesn't want to self-incriminate himself, he's kind of snitching on himself in this record, like just little tidbits here and there. So talks about winter nights he spent shivering up in alleys you know taking all those wrinkled bills from addicts so he mixes in like the high points with the low points but in a very like you know upbeat record like an upbeat you know instrumental behind him hmm. track number C's Snoop Dogg your boy Snoop Doggy Dog um, with the little intro there Again, for me, another one of the strongest tracks on this um, album. Um, really good beats. Nice, simple beats. Nice little hook from Snoop Dogg. And again, um, Don't forget rap. Prodigy. 
secret society trying to keep oh, the okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's probably so. Yeah, so you know, so, no, again, for, for me, like another one of the strongest tracks, I think, again, for me, like again, because again, I just look at this thing from a musical sonic point of view, and I just think, see, this. For me, this is this is almost like the cousin of Dead Presidents too. Like they're just very like the 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 vibe and the atmosphere and the emotions that this track evokes is very similar to the one that Dead Presidents too evokes. And I just think that just there's almost like a very a, like a haunting kind of aura that is created by the Snoop Dogg hook hook that that he, he puts in it. And again, similar theme to this thing is that once Jay Z just starts going and he starts rapping. You're like man, the way this guy is just hitting the beat, yeah. hitting the record, and just executing the and his and his wordplay, the effortlessness thing of his wordplay, almost as if they're just rolling off his tongue with ease, is is is, is amazing. So, you know what? One of the first, like when I first listened to this song, I remember not liking it because of it was the evils, and then I heard the bar, and I think maybe. Maybe Lupe referenced this in one song where he was like, "Life ills poison my body." I used to say, "Fuck Mike skills." I never skills. prayed to God. I prayed to God. Eat. That's right. It's wicked. That's life I lived. It ain't asking forgiveness for my sins. Ends. I remember listening to that like when I was, I don't know, eighteen, something like that, seventeen probably. I was like, "You never prayed to God." He prayed to Gotti, huh? Like I did, <laughs> one, one, I didn't understand like who John Gotti was to make it make yeah. sense. And also, I was just like, so like you were a heathen. Like the song's called "The Evils." It was just one of those ones where I was just like, mm, I don't know if I like this song or if I like this person. But then after a certain amount of time, I was just like, I don't care. No, this, is, this is this is a very good devout Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was one of those like African parent situations, probably. Where like if my dad ever heard I was listening to a song called "The Evils," I would have got beat. <laughs> <laughs> the evils. Uh, what um, devils? <laughs> no, but uh, this record it has that you know that theme of um, what you, you know two cats, Sorry. you know <laughs> two cats in the game dealing with friendship, competition, mm. and the evils is just it's that obsession with the fast life. You know, trying to get paid. Like, um, there's this line where he was talking about, he's like, uh, whoever said illegal was the easy way out couldn't understand the mechanics and the workings of the underworld. Granted, I... Nine to five is how you survive. I ain't trying to survive. I'm trying trying to to live it to the limit and love it a lot. Love it a lot. Yep. Like, that. that is the hustler's motto. That's the hustler ambition, the hustler mindset, pretty much. That's the mantra. Honestly, like um, this is this might go take a turn for some weird things, but when he's talking about the underworld, when he's talking about these like truly dark places, Jay he grew up as a part. This is something no one really really talks about with Jay. He grew up as a member of the Nuwabian Nation, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Nuwabian. He was taught Nuwabian, N U W U A B I A N, and that's where he learned about um a lot about these secret societies, a lot about the underworld. And he was taught by a man by the name of Dr. York, who was out of Bushwick. Dr. York was this spiritual teacher and Dr. York headed what he called um, the rap warriors. So it wasn't only Janus, it was Jazzo, 
And remember, the first time we ever meet Jazz is on that record, The Originators, where Jay is rapping in a whole different style. You know that. Oh, wiggity, wiggity, black, the miggity, miggity, that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and in that record, uh, I think he references, um, people would call him, you know, the mainstream, if a mainstream outlet were to look at the, uh, Dr. York's teachings, they would call him, you know, a black supremacist or whatnot. But, you know, Jay was under him. Uh, Jay was under his... Uh, tutelage and it wasn't just jay it was big daddy kane it was rakim you had prodigy you had jazzo you had the wu-tang you had nas and he was out of uh, uh brooklyn so i think jay he he kind of he he took all his experiences in life from the drug dealings to his time under dr york and all that and he found he found a way in this record to just you know, almost bring that all together and then add his own, um, add another different element to it. Like in that third verse where he's talking about, um, he, ha he he has a friend, right? In that third verse and he's talking about- Second verse, second verse. Both of, That's the one where we used verse? to fight okay. for blocks with buildings, but now we fight with blocks for buildings that make it killing. Closest of friends oh, we no. first started, but grew apart as the money grew. No, 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 it's verse two. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. He said, Where he's thinking about when we, learned when we first to use to use learned to use rubbers, yeah. And now then we learned, so in turn, I'm kidnapping his, kidnapping baby's, his mother. baby's mother. Yeah, and in that one, the person who's around him, that's, you can just assume of him not, you know, using the rubbers. He's less calculating, less cunning, and he has a child as a result. And that baby mother, Jay, we don't know if this is real life. I Personally, I think there's some real I think there's some real shit, man. Like he kidnaps her, okay, <laughs> and talks about how black hearted he's become. And then he tries to violently exploit any opening he can of that innocent mother of his friend's child. You know? And then what does he say? He says he starts he starts trying to feed her 50s, you know, the money food metaphor he uses. I keep feeding her larger bills till she, you know, tells gives me more information. Till the shit started to, <laughs> I was like, that yeah. was like a that was like a good censoring of what he actually said. Yeah, <laughs> you know the 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 shit started to make sense. Sense c e n t s sense c s e n s e like sense until she digests them. So that's just like a that's like a reflection of innocence to violence and just living a a good life into the you know the street life, a, a, a innocent life to the street life. Mm. And um, like, this is conversation rap, man. That's what this is. And he, he has, there's just so many different, like just dimensions to this where he's talking about, you know, people being possessed by material lust in the third verse. He's talking about sticking up random people. Just and yeah, evils, man, like you know, it's the evils, man. Now we're lethal, infected, infected with the evils, and that's the thing. Like, what people should not misunderstand, though, is that this record—it's not about—it's not about being having a demon possessed inside you, but it's more so about letting loose of the demons you already have inside you. That's what Jay says, and I think that's what Jay pretty much said because those demons inside you—that's what turns you into this, you know, devil raging money obsessed yeah sociopath like just the evils you're affected with the evils but yeah like dj premier want to know what's funny this is a gospel record it's <laughs> like this record is a gospel yeah the sample is a gospel record so how funny like just the 
like this is a gospel record. This man's rapping about some of the darkest <laughs> shit. This man, like he can conjure up like like yo, this it's funny, man. But yeah. Yeah, very interesting record. Can I just get my mind? Jay Jay also says, Jay also says, this is his favorite ever record. This is the best record he's ever done, Mm. according to him. My, according to him. But yeah, my my favorite line, like when I heard it, I was like, ooh, like you, you know, when you're like first catching bars for the first time, when he was like, and even if Jehovah Witness, but he'll never testify. Like my little brain was. My brain exploded. I was just like, he put Jehovah Witness testify. He's he's J Hove. Like ooh, <laughs> like oh, I get wow, it. Oh wait, I didn't even I didn't even catch that. Oh yeah, J. Yeah. Oh, you never knew oh, J yeah, Hove. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Deeper meaning, like even if God sees what I'm doing, you can't get God to come to court. You know, so it's just yeah. that whole thing. It was just like ooh, like if. If I was in an English class and they were like, yo, that's like a triple, that's a triple yeah, entendre, yeah. like tri- quadruple. Yeah. Or, or it, it could, you think it could mean like, even if a Jehovah Witness were to see it, he'd kill them or something like that? I don't know. But it was just one of those first ones where it was like, oh my goodness, like I get that bar first time hearing it. And then you kind of just laugh and then it goes into the two twos. All right, look, man, let's, 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 let's ride with this one. Now, this the thing about this track is this. 22 twos. Which record? 22 22 twos. This was pretty much where I was like, okay, this guy is extremely good at this craft. You know? (laughs) And I think this was Jay-Z just saying that, all right, if you you thought I was good at this thing called rap, this is where I just show you pure skill of this thing called rap. And I think when I heard this for the first time, I was like, Lord in heaven, this guy's extremely good at this was thing. Is that the only one that actually sat down one time and just counted? So one, two, two twos, 12 twos, 20 twos. This guy actually said 22 twos. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like at, at first, like you don't understand the title, like 22 twos. So at first I thought, does that mean he has two? I, I forgot what I actually thought. I thought it was like 22 different flows. At no, first, like I the first time like, I listened yeah, to yeah, it, yeah. and then like like the third or fourth time you listen to it, it's like oh, you just have to count the number of twos in the freestyle, like t- two as in the number, and then two t o, and then t o o, and then he like flips some words to sound kind of like two. So you're like, yo, he actually said two twenty two times, and then I think recently, maybe not recently, maybe like early two thousands or late early twenty tens, there was like forty four fours yeah yeah so when he did that it, was just, it clicked so i just find the whole thing hilarious you know at the end when the oh, lady Maria davis <laughs> I, just, I, I just found that hilarious i think i was, I was like you know I was, I was like no we're not gonna do that here so i was like yeah hey, shut the fuck up. yeah i smell some reefer <laughs> this is why our people can't have anything <laughs> yeah, no, 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 but no, 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 no low lowest of key I think as the song's fading out and they're like, you know, we got to come to get our own businesses and own our record companies um, like Rockefeller Records, like yeah. that's low key, like some business things that you might find from Jay-Z today in terms of doing for self, biz- building yeah. our businesses, well, well, like, because, like 
controlling what you need to control, essentially like title and things like that. So but even from the Jay-Z early had stages, Jay Z was giving like bonds. Obviously, you're not going to have billions of dollars in drug money to fund whatever you want to do, but you understand like what what he was trying to say. I, I suppose. No, no, yeah. but, but I, I I think when they were interviewing Jay Z, basically about. 444 or something someone was i think it was someone who was was asking him that like oh yeah like it's so interesting the kind of jewels you said on 444 but he said i've been saying this stuff from the very beginning mm. it's, it's not only now that oh in my older age i'm now becoming and i'm, I'm giving guys these jewels no ever since the beginning i've been talking about owning your own businesses being an entrepreneur and a boss it's just that you maybe miss them with all the stuff mm. i put in there but if you listen back in i have been saying this stuff from the very beginning, from my very first right, right record. So I think even in this, in the 22 tools, you can see, you just, ha- you just have to listen. And I just have to catch exactly what he's saying, which may not be as clear and as apparent as it was on 444. <laughs> no, I was yeah. just thinking, like, when, when it said, and someone went, hey, shut the fuck up. And then she was yeah. like, who said that? And then somebody in the back was like, him? Him? <laughs> him? <laughs> I was like, Get him out of here. Like, I'm not like, going to continue. Until he's removed from the building, you know. <laughs> he said, him? Him? I was like, who's that snitch, bro? A <laughs> hey, fun fact about this record, if you take out the intro and the outro, the time length is 222. <laughs> wow. Is it? Yeah. You're lying. Wow. No, it is. He only does two <laughs> verses on here. It's not like he does three, like on the other oh, record. No, like, just, just, it's not really 222. Two, 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 no, it's 222, bro. I swear to line. you. Take out the that's intro, take out the outro. I'll check. I'll check. I'll check. I'll check. That's a lie. I'll check. That's my story. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so if, if it is 222, then I'm I'm going to look at Jay-Z day differently from now on. So. <laughs> that, would be like, that, that would be like if the song 444 on the album 444 was 4 minutes, 44 seconds. <laughs> Like it was like, <laughs> like four minutes or something, or yeah, forty-four yeah. minutes, four seconds. So All right, um, can I live? Woo. Can I live? Can I live? Can I live? Um, weird track. No, I don't know. I just explain. Ex- ex- explain yourself. It's. I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, do you like it? Do I like it? Um, say yes. No. It's, 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 you know what I say? It's a good track, an interesting track in the way that the beat is and everything. It's a good interesting track, but I personally don't like it. Wow. But even if I don't personally like it, I can still appreciate I cannot call it like a bad track. It's just a track that's basically, it doesn't work for, for me. Like, again, this is a track that I'd skip. Yeah, this is a track. Wow. See, this is like a track. Yeah, like. No, 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 no. I like the title. Can I live? I like that saying. Because I use that saying a lot. Can I live? So. Okay, so like like, uh, the first part. The introduction, like like, the monologue, like the opening. That's like, that's like, that's Shakespearean. Like just the way he talks, he's like, we hustle out of a sense of hopelessness, hopelessness, sort of a desperation. Through that desperation, we become addicted. Sort of like the fiends, we we become accustomed to serving. But we feel we have nothing to lose. So we offer you, well, we offer our lives, right? 
what do you bring to the what do you bring to the table? Like that's just like that's just, nigga watching me close. Watching me closely. Watching oh. this butter for the bread. They want to toast me. They try me. to toast me. I what? keep my head both for them where they're supposed to be because hoes will get you sidetracked and clap from close feet. What? Oh my god. I don't sleep. I'm tired. <laughs> I feel wired like Codeine these days. A brother got gotta admire me from four fiends away. Four fiends away. Bro, the line that stuck out to me though is like. Cause look, I'm not I'm not a gangster, I'm not a hood nigga, but where he's talking about <laughs> yeah, this so man's talking about <laughs> explain why we adapt to crime. I'd rather I'd rather die enormous than, than live dormant. dormant. That's how we dormant. on that's it. That's how we on it. Like that's his argument. That's what he's telling y'all. Like, and that rhyme, like that convinces you because the words like it connects that simple couplet. Is that that's a couplet, right? It just, like, it takes the idea of, like, that intro that he was saying in the beginning. Mm. And like Jay says, it just makes it more powerful. Like, think about, like, I remember he related it to, you know, O.J. Simpson, right? Yeah. Like that infamous case where um, <laughs> Jay was arguing that he might not be a free man today. Like, you know, that glove don't fit, rhymed with acquit. <laughs> so... It was like it was that soundbite for the media to you know to grab onto, mm. but it was also like as persuasive, like as the hook on a hit song. That's what he said. Like it, that's the power of rhymes, right there. Like, but, but he was like, was the was the bar? I mean, it's obviously complicated, but he's like, I stepped it up another level, meditated like a Buddhist, recruited lieutenants yeah. with ludicrous dreams of getting cream. Let's do this. It gets this, tedious. Yes. And this is another one where I caught it. So like, I, first keep I, like, one eye so I keep one eye open like CBS. Like CBS. You see me stressed, you see me stressed right? But, see, like, but, <laughs> but, but have hope. Like, do you understand? Because you're from the UK. Like, you understand CBS. Like, the logo for CBS. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. An yeah, open yeah. eye. But yeah. also, like, CBS as in you're seeing bullshit. I've heard that ex- explanation as yeah. well. So oh, wow. I keep on I keep on I open like CBS, CBS. like you see everything see or you see the bullshit and then you see me stress right. Also the uh, is it Isaac Hayes that sampled here the Yeah, the, look of love. The look of love like yeah. another great flip like bro bro of Gotti, man. He yeah, re, he recycled that too for Ashanti. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yo, that though that flip though, honestly, that sample is a cheat code, man. Like that shit sounds yeah, amazing on anything. It is, it like is. seriously, like the production on this album. I mean, it's it's incredible. Except it's low for, key. I mean, it's low key. Like Double we H will get saying. into the second half of the album and why this album is questionably classic. It's classic for reasons, but no, it's we'll a classic, man. Like this, this is it what Jay Z is. Can I live? It falls off after Can I Live? Like, really? Let's okay, right. let's go. Let's go. Let's keep going. Okay, okay. So next we have Ain't No Jigger, Jay Z, Foxy Brown. Let's give um, this record, this record stinks. Okay, <laughs> let me, oh no, oh, oh no. So what Ain't No Nigger, rather. Ain't No Nigger, original mix. Okay, let me be real. Um, when I first heard this, I really liked it. I really liked it, and I thought this was really good. This doesn't have very good replay value, and I think that this, by the time I, by the time it gets midway through, it's just it, it loses its way, and I'm like, okay, it just doesn't have the same kind of energy, and it just it's it loses its its luster when you get halfway through the the, the track. So, yeah, it's cool. This was 
it's like Jay Z rapping is nice and, and fun and very upbeat and and and, and very has and I just saw energy to it, but I just don't think that the track as a whole has good sustenance or good replay value. The hook is atrocious. Ain't no nigga not. like the one yeah, I got. No one can no, fuck no, you no, better. No, he sleeps no, around, but he gives no, me a lot. Like, I understand kind of why you put this track in here because part of the lifestyle that you live would be like kind of a ladies' man in that way, and I'm sure Jay Z had his fair share. Um, but to me, it's it's one of those tracks that like it doesn't fit. Again, it's kind of like what we were talking about last week. It does this this record doesn't really feel like you're a gangster in any way. It just like yeah. the just 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 the the sonics of it. It just doesn't sound like yeah. Oh, I mean, it's this is some gangster shit. Like what? But, like uh, as we were talking though, this was the this was a big this was big in the in the sense of Jay getting his name out there for the mm. clubs yeah, because. Yeah. They were trying to peddle um, dead presidents to all these radio stations, Hot 97. Yeah, that moment. You know, that idiot Funk Flex. You know, they weren't. They <laughs> weren't. Relax, man. No, Relax. but they weren't. <laughs> they weren't trying to. They weren't. Like, they were. You know, they were. You know, they were. They were acting a little bougie on Jay because they weren't trying to play dead presidents. But when they heard that Ain't No Nigga, that's what they first played because that's what, you know, that's what got the clubs bouncing. And then from then on, that's when they started playing the dead presidents because Irv, that's what Irv advised Jay. He said that this is the this record on the flip side because you know there's an A and B side on all mm-hmm. these back yeah. then. Yeah. So on the B side, Ain't No Nigga, that was the record that um, that got Jay's name kind of like out there in the club scene pretty much before they, they now, before they the now had um, dead presidents. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Other than the fact Foxy Brown is. 15 16 in that range writing yeah, these type of raunchy hood yeah let's experienced let's, let's, lyrics like yeah, that's a little bit that. uncomfortable like yeah, once you very, learn how old yo, but, but jay, jay jay was like uh i've been sinning since he was playing barbie and kenan since he was playing with barbie and kenan like uh, <laughs> just yeah. gotta drive it right into it <laughs> yeah. like hey chill. yeah he drove it to it i mean come on like you can't be putting a 16 year old on a track like this one. come on <laughs> Bro, Foxy, Foxy ain't act like no 16. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, was, what, whatever it says on the bed I don't care whether you act like a 60 year old. If you're 16 on the bed certificate, she, 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 she was in these streets. That's all I'm going to say. I don't, I don't give a. Bro, she was, she, bro, how old was she? Wait, wait, wait. She's 16, right? When, when did the firm, Nas's group, the firm, when did they drop? 96? Affirmative right. action? Bro, how old was Foxy? Foxy was still 15, 16 when she was on affirmative action on It Was Written. With Nas in them, like in AZ and all those cats, like she was 15, 16 spin there. She was spin on a whole bunch of records. <laughs> like she was with Jay, she was with Nas. 15, 16. Okay, look, man, let's now let me, let, let, let me. Now, this is where I have beef with Jay Z. Again, I know Jay Z will probably not listen to this thing because I think he's he might, he might him. actually because he, he, he loves this record. So it wouldn't surprise me if he like goes on now. <laughs> How do you, as a rapper, listen to this beat and not rap to this beat? Now, let me explain further what I say here. Jay-Z didn't rap to, to, to this beat. As in, yeah, he put words together and everything and had an interesting rhyme scheme. He didn't rap to this beat. 
This is DJ Premier being DJ Premier, giving you this is when you just say, aha, this is a beat. If Jay-Z rapped to this beat, this would be one of the best tracks on the album. Man, this record, this record is fire. Like y'all don't y'all don't mess with friend or foe? Are we friend talking about friend or foe? No, wait, 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 wait. No, let me, as I said, amazing beats. Amazing beats. But Jay-Z didn't do this beats justice. No. It's yeah. it's 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 a great concept in that like the, the opening is basically like they're gonna rob him. And then he kind of corrects them over the verse of like, what are, what are you trying to do? And then by the end, he's like, I'll let you go. Um, and it's it's kind of one of those. But it does, to have Hope's point, if you listen to it, it feels like Jay-Z had already rapped this. Premier gives him a beat, and they just put the acapellas over the Premier beat. It doesn't sound like he wrote this song to that beat. Nope. No. But I think we also have to understand Jay-Z had probably had this idea of, or concept of a song way before he heard that beat and wanted this record or this verse on his debut album because we all know Jay-Z, he, he doesn't write anything down. It's always been in his head. So maybe this was the beat that was available for him to carry out the idea. So I would have liked either, either rap to that beat, as you say, like write to that beat or think to that beat, however Jay-Z's process. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Can I just ask you something very quick because... Right. Are you? Is this actually true that Jay Z doesn't write anything down? Is that actually true, or is that just a, a myth? It's true. Give me a break. So it's saying that everything he does is just from his his head. He doesn't write anything down on paper. True. I don't believe it. No, it's true. Yeah, that's yeah. If you've well, seen well, him work, like there's there's a bunch of documentaries. I think the one that you could maybe point to is the Watch the Throne one where he, they're basically in like a mansion in Australia somewhere. And he's trying to come up with the lyrics to the last song. I think it's like, why I love you. And it's, you picked up, you ripped up my heart and you stepped on it. I spent about a minute, maybe less on it. Fly, Pelican, fly. Like, and he was kind of running through those verses. And you could actually tell, like, he's not writing anything down, but he's thinking through it. So it might take him a few takes in order to get the bars right. But, like, there's no pen, there's no paper. He's just thinking it through, which is insane. And I have a theory. Maybe we can get into this in another episode. But the the legend that he never wrote anything down has ruined hip-hop. Because every little Lil Lil and Young This was like, Jay-Z don't write, so I ain't going to write. Like, I'm, I'm as smart as Jay-Z. I don't need to write no... I, I, what, what do I need pen and paper for? Jay-Z don't write no bars. I ain't going to do it. Then Lil Wayne says he does the same thing. So now you have all these people who are just trying to rap. But you, you, you peasant, you actually need pen, pencil, yeah, paper in order to come I'm up with fine. genius bars. Like, full stops, periods, commas. <laughs> like, you might actually need to take out Microsoft Word and type yeah. up your bars. Like, stop trying to be Jay-Z. Like, you're not Jay-Z. You're not that smart at rap. So chill. So yeah, I no, feel no, like no, no. this I, I, myth, no, this myth it, that it is true. actually true has effectively ruined a whole generation of rap who feel like writing is a waste of time because they feel like Jay-Z does that never I don't, wrote. I don't, so I don't, I don't think to. those – you can say that, but I don't think these mumbo rappers take after Jay-Z. Like, they do. Or, or, <sighs> or, or Jay-Z started something that other rappers have then carried on. So Lil Wayne says he doesn't write anything. J Let's not let's not act like Hov hasn't killed trends before. Like he auto tune when people were, you know, overdoing that like in a non artistic way. Like he went against that. So like this mumble thing, 
I'm sure he has in his heart of hearts, he won't say it. It's kind of like Joe Budden, too. Like, you, you you can just see these dudes as fronting, acting like they they mess with these mumble rappers. But deep down, like, they don't <laughs> they mess with them. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, that's what it is. But um, back to this friend or foe thing, like, man, like, I can't believe y'all don't mess with this record. Like, it's like... No, no, he's kind of like using have, he's kind of using the DMX he's kind of using the DMX flow in a mm-hmm. sense where he's like uh, you it know it does, it you does, mess it with does. the dogs I gotta bite you he's like friend or foe yo state your biz mm-hmm. you tending dope mm-hmm. there it is like he's talking like a mafioso to this cat like he's but he's telling to him like what it is it doesn't work it just doesn't basically. When you get a it, do, beat it like does that, work, bro. That's, it, how you, that, that's not the time and place. When DJ Premier gives you a beat like that, I know you have a concept. I know you have something cool. Put it on a, on, a, on another track. Just give us. <laughs> I, like, I like. The, I like the. I like the. I like the. You could acapella that, and it would have been just as cold. Yeah. I like. I, I don't know. I just like the unorthodox like. Style he went to Don't it. Like, do, Jay will do this. Give me a beat. To, 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 this <laughs> rule one thousand three hundred and fifty of of rap is: do not try and do a clever conceptual rapping scheme for a DJ Premier beat. When DJ Premier gives you a nah, beat, see, you no, rap. No, that's okay. that's come on. Not even DJ Premier would agree with that. Like, bro, he wants he wants different type of ideas on. He's he's had he's produced concept records before. Like, this isn't. The first time, the, Jay also had a follow up to this front of Full ninety eight on the next album, like and it was just as dope. But yeah, like this album though, I would just say this. Like I'm sorry, this record in particular, it kind of reminds me of um, I don't know if y'all have seen The Godfather where Michael's talking uh, um, Carlo Rizzi, Carlo Rizzi where he's like uh, it insults my intelligence, it makes me very angry. Where he's like, you think I'll make my sister a widow? Like where he's talking to that guy and. I don't know. I just got like the same vibes off this record where Jay's telling the dude, like, you know, you draw, better be better be Picasso, you know the best. Cause if not so, mm, God bless. Like, you know, like he's he's talking, it's conversation rap, bro. Right, like right, right. I mess with it. Like, I don't know. I just Okay, look, okay, look, look, like, let's 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 keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Um coming of age, Jay-Z and an introduction uh, to Memphis Bleak. Um <laughs> Wow. Good idea. Good. No, no, no. It's a it's a good concept. I like the idea of like Jay-Z meets Memphis Bleak and Memphis Bleak is like trying to come up and he's like, you know, I don't want your money. I just want to be kind of schooled in the game. Like it's a cool kind of it's like uh well, I, I won't even use that example, but it's it's a cool idea. Um just not with Memphis. You know he had um the cat Shaheen from Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. That was his first idea um, of the person he wanted to, you know, to be that second guy. Because if you hear Bleak's verse on this, it's pretty obvious. Jay wrote it. <laughs> oh, wow. Jay wrote the verse. Yeah, like it, it's already, it's pretty much, it's uh, it's an open seat. Everyone, it's not even a secret. It's, it's pretty much out there that Jay wrote it. I believe like the story, the story behind it, like this, this, this record and the evils, it's pretty much the same. It's, this, it's a similar concept, you know? Like in The Evils, you have, you know, two dudes that are dealing, dealing with competition and friendship. But coming of age is more of like, you know, a boss dealing with, like, the rise of someone who's younger than him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so 
what he's doing in this one is just like it's him and Bleak, and uh, Bleak's just his he's his apprentice pretty much, you know. Like uh, the story behind this is pretty funny though. Like uh, Bleak, he gave Bleak the 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 verse right, and it was written on Chicken Scratch. He wrote it on Chicken Scratch, and he gave it to Bleak, and he told them, "You got you got twenty four hours, okay, to memorize this verse." come up to my apartment and if you can't do it within the next 20 if you can't if you can't come within the next if you can't be ready within the next 24 hours then you know you're not going to be on this record just forget it so bleak comes in right and they're at i think they're at clark kent's house and uh jay asks bleak like what does he want <laughs> and bleak casually orders like six bacon cheeseburgers and Bleak is like a skinny dude. Like he's like, yo, what you want six cheeseburgers for? And so Bleak's just like trying to memorize the verse, and Jay gets him the six cheeseburgers. And like uh, Jay's story, Jay says that uh, Bleak ate all six of them because he. And after eating all six, he was like, all right, let's get to the booth. So this dude, he was hungry and he was nervous at the same time. And like Jay just looked at him as like, yo, this is like, this is just like that younger dude who kind of carries himself as an old soul, you know? He has like the, he's a young guy with an old soul, you know? He has that understanding of things beyond his years. Like if you remember a part in that record where he's like, uh, uh, a G, I ride with you for free. You know, I want the long-term riches. Remember that part in the record where he says, mm -hmm. um, where Bleak's responding to him. He's like, you know, I ride with you for free. I want the long-term riches. I want, I want the money. I want every, I want the power. So, He's just he's just that dude that's under his wing, man. Even in the the blueprint, in the blueprint album, he references this. Um what was that record where he's like, uh, was herbing them in the home of the terrapins, got a dirt cheap for them. Plus, if they were short with cheese, I would work with them. Broad and weed, got rid of that dirt for them. Wasn't born hustlers. I was birthing them. Isn't that so from he's, he's talking blueprints? Yeah, that's from blueprint. That's Jay talking about bleak. Like wasn't born hustlers. I was birthing them. Like he's he's referencing Bleak. So Bleak was that, you know, he was that young boy trying to come up, man. And Jay Jay held oh, him down I, pretty much. Wait, so, is, yeah, that's what, is that girls girls or no? No, no that's uh, Izzo. H to the Izzo. Yeah, 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 Izzo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that girls? No, that's not girls. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's girl. next? What's next? What's after coming of age? All right, the next one we have is Cashmere Thoughts. Ugh. I don't like this record at all. I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck. There are two records I don't mess with on Reasonable Doubt. It's Ain't, Ain't No Nigga and Cashmere Thoughts. I got nothing yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Sorry, guys. It's, it's going to be in for me then, man. Sorry, guys. The last line is hilarious where he's like, fuck if your leg broke, bitch, hop up on your good foot. That makes that <laughs> that, that part makes me laugh. Where he's like, hop up on your good foot, and then yeah, you yeah, yeah. the song fades out. But nah, this 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 one ain't it. <laughs> Man, no, key, no, sorry, no, no, no. I bet, there, I bet there's it. one. There, there are one or two listeners on here that are just fuming right now. Like, why did you go talk about this record? Like, Loki, Loki, all, all, most of the low spots on this album. I hate to say it, DJ Clark Kent, man. Oh man, this dude went there, dog. This nigga went there. This DJ Clark Kensman. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not gonna win. No, 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 no. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes. Brooklyn's finest go hard. I'm gonna just say that. But okay. Let us, let us. <laughs> I'm, 
I'm going to pull up the Wikipedia page, and we're going to see DJ Clark Kent, Brooklyn's Finest, Coming of Age, and Cashmere Thoughts. Oh, Lord. Those are three of the not great tracks on this album. Obviously, people uh, would say yeah. Brooklyn's Finest is up there. I like Brooklyn's but, Finest, uh, but I yeah, can understand but I, the okay, other two. If, if, if we look at what Premier did, he did The Evils, he did Friend or Foe, he did Bring It On. So, yeah. solid. No, we Ski went what, off, though. If we look ski. at what Ski did, he did Politics as Usual, Dead Presidents, Feeling It, and 22 Twos. Yeah. So, Clark Kent, I think he's he's third place here. We're going to talk about people who did multiple records. So, Yo, yeah. that Ain't No Nigga Beat low-key is also fire, but just the, the is, record Is that Jazzo? Yeah, yeah. It's the record itself, though. It's Yeah. Speaking, of, yo, speaking of Jazzo, we're gonna bring it on. Do you think guys think he has the best verse? Sauce Money went harder than Jazzo on that low key. I've also just low key on the on the Jazzo thing. You can hear Jay Z and Jazzo and Jazzo and Jay Z. It's very yeah, uncanny, yeah. but obviously, if you know the story, like how they came up together, he was basically his inspiration or whatnot in terms yeah. of rap. Like they're very. Similar, you know, you know, Jay, Jay, Jazzo had a deal with EMI Records, and uh, he took Jay with him. He was he had like a budget of five hundred thousand. That was like what they call R and B money back then, which was really big opportunity for him. And he took Jay with him in London. They were chilling at Notting Hill or something, and so Jay and Jazz they were basically they were in London for a whole month and they were recording with um, some producer, I forget his name, and Irv Gotti, too, was there as, like, a touring DJ. And uh, that's where Jay just, that's that was Jay's first, like, um, you know, introduction to, like, the music business, you know? Because after, when Jazz released that record, he had a record called Hawaiian Sophie, mm-hmm. <laughs> where it has, like, the ukulele in the background. <laughs> has, like, the ukulele sample. Yeah. And, uh, man... For a street nigga, that finished Jazzo's rap, dog. <laughs> <laughs> it finished his rap, bro. Like, Do you know what? Do you, it, it was there was a, there was a thing in like there was a record of of Jazzo or something like that. And he was wearing a chain, and I remember that it was like Jay Z because he obviously had jewelry or whatnot. He was giving Jazzo the jewelry and the kind of the regalia of someone who would have been a street guy just to kind of keep that persona yeah. up. Um, or just kind of in, enhance it, if you will. So yeah, but Sauce Money, yeah. we got to give him his credit on this one. I don't oh, like bro, the as, 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 as much as I like the others, but it's this one is a good track. I don't hate it at all. Like I won't skip it. Me, me, Jenya Primo got his sort across the board like Pacino. Like <laughs> yo, this dude, he will go off Al Pacino to, down to Nino Brown. Like bruh. Man, is, sauce money is, right is, is this um, bring bring it on? Bring it on. Yeah, yeah, bring yeah, it yeah. on. With the well, fragile sample. I think these we can even look at them in both of them. Bring it on and re- regrets. Both DJ Premier. Sorry, DJ Premier is that dude, man. DJ Premier is that dude. Both DJ Premier tracks. Bring no, it no on. I don't think no, no, Premier, no. Premier Premier Primo oh, didn't do sorry. regrets. Panic is the um, re regrets. Um, yeah, Pizza Manic is, re- is regrets and Premier is Bring It On. But yeah. still, two quality tracks. Two real quality tracks. Re- yeah. And the funny thing about it is, again, alluding back to Illmatic, see, Regrets is the typical good ending track. Mm-hmm. 
but ain't hard to tell that again. <laughs> you know, bro, like it's if, like regret if, is if what Jay-Z I trimmed the fat off his album. It's, it's like regret is what you would normally expect an album ends with is the track like regret, the way that it's done and the way it's constructed. Mm-hmm. But man, you know, but it's but, but you see, like I think coming of age. Kashmir thoughts, friend of four, good. You see, look, man, guys, we're gonna have to have a discussion, man. Because if you go, I'll give you just because you don't like it, just because you don't like it, you can't say it's not a classic. No, like, no, come on, no, no, like no, 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 no. Hey, look, Tosi, let me just put that easy, easy. Let me land, let me land. We're not gonna talk about like regrets, like in depth, just about like the message of it before we get into the concept. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, hit, it, hit, it, hit it, go for it, go for it. Yeah, no, no, I just, I just, I, I love how this track closes. Because yeah. it's more of a, it, again, it goes into the introspective repercussions of someone who lives the life that Jay-Z was living up into that time. Um, and I think it's it's just kind of like a sober assessment of the things that you have to deal with and get over if you're going to live a life of crime in that way. And I think, you know, you can't just skip over the fact of like that song just to get into the album because I really think it's important. I think that last verse where he's talking about where he's like him as a narrator, he's like left reminiscing and he, he just gets into current rage about like a situation he has with that dude, Newton. I think he calls him Newton. And um, he's like an old friend turned enemy, but he knows that like killing him would um, fuck up his money. That like, so like, he, he but chooses, you know niggas yeah. think they guns can stop four niggas from, and like they yeah. exactly and uh but it's going to be hard because Newton is as he says like he's a problem so by the end he realizes that he's having a crazy conversation with someone who's not even there like he's he's talking with I think he's talking with like um his dead friend and like he's just so destabilized by the stress and regret that he's that he's become like quote unquote touched you know crazy enough to strategize with his dead homie about trying to kill someone you know like so yeah man just this whole thing like this regrets this regrets record i think this is a beautiful closer to the record it's a it's a a, a great way to close a great way to close great great hook very good beats. Very really good, good hook. Very, very catchy. Yeah, I love that. That hook he was is, like, he yeah. used to hold me, told me I was the best anything That's in this world I want, I could possess. I mean, okay, 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 look, yeah. let's, now, let's now get even, let's now look at this album as a whole. Now, okay. it's from track nine, track nine, track 10, track 11, track, track 12, I feel this is a lot. You could cut if you cut those four songs out and you took the Illmatic blueprint and you made this a 10 um track album and you cut out 10, man, 11, 12. Maybe, maybe, maybe you could keep friend or foe because it's so short. So you have an yeah. 11 track album and you cut out 9, 11, 12. Perfect. It's an unquestionably perfect album because there's you trim the fat off it. No, 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 no. You know what? Like for me, even if for me, I'm not that big of a fan of politics as usual. I'm not that big of a fan of can I live? Um, ain't no oh. nigga I can I, I I can live with because I liked it when I first heard it. If you got rid of coming of age, you got rid of Kashmir thoughts. Um, 
you That's got it. rid of maybe. Oh, I mean, in, you know Everything what? Everything else can it. stay. It's, it's, it's only it's only nine nine it. through twelve. Nine through twelve. Yeah. Those are the only questionable ones. But the sick thing about this is that the beats for friend of four is so good. So, so keep it, yeah, it's, it's, it's only like, like it's, oh, man, I love that, right? Yeah. Guys, I don't, I don't, I don't think we can can call this a classic. I think we can what? call this a great debut. Album. <laughs> nah, see, that's that's, that's actually you tripping, you tripping, you tripping. You would get you would get stoned for that comment. Like, I know. Real stone. Tough, I'm stone. doing this behind the mic. If I said this in here for <laughs> I'll get beat up. So I'm doing this behind the mic, and and my name is Daffy Duck. I have hope, so you can't track me down. So. There you go. <laughs> This is this no no but this is the thing I've always contended that the second half of Reasonable Doubt is not as strong as the first half. So you get through Can't Knock the Hustle, Politics as Usual, Brooklyn's Fine as Dead Presidents, The Evil's Feeling It. I think that might be flipped. Um, 22-2's Can I Live. You get through those first eight tracks and you're like, if the rest of this album, because there are six tracks left, if the rest of this album is like this. This is unquestionably the greatest thing I've ever heard, most likely. And then you get Ain't No Nigga. Then you get Friend of Foe. Then you get Coming of Age. Then you get Cashmere Thoughts. And you're just like, yeah. what What has happened? Like, we've devolved. Then yeah. you can bring it on. You're like, okay. And, 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 then, and then you get Bring It On. Then you're like, okay. Like, we are, we're rebounding here. Then it, he ends it with Regrets, which, as you said, Tosa was like a beautiful ending. So you're left kind of conflicted. It's like the first half is so great. Then there's this lull, and it's not like the lull in Illmatic where the songs are still reasonably good, but it's just oh, a no, slow no, tempo. This, this, no, this, no, this is I, like this, if, if, if I could land, if I could land, if I could land that, if, okay, if I could land, like, like the lull is reflective of the songs not being good, not of the tempo being reduced. So in Illmatic, once you get to I'm reading this thing. I can't even think of the automatic track. One time for your mind. Yeah, yeah one but once once you get the one time for your mind, it's like Brazy that record. is the that that is the tempo that is the tempo just kind of flattening out. It's not a bad song. It's just mm. everything's kind of slowed down, but we'll build you back up. And then by the time we get into track nine and ten, you're good. This one, you get to like, ain't no nigga. You're like, yo, I want to turn this record off. <laughs> like it's, it's what it nah. is. Like, like how, how, do, how do you want to turn it off after you heard "Can I Live"? Come on, man! Like, don't you'll, don't, you'll give I, it a second I, I, chance. Like, you'll just be I like, okay. I would rather if 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 this album ended at track eight, you would just replay it over and over and over again. But it's like once you get to "Ain't No Nigga" and "Friend of Foe," "Coming of Age," "Casimir Thoughts," it's like, yo, I don't I don't feel like listening to this anymore. So let's just go back to the top, or let's just skip and get to bring it on and regrets. For me, so that 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 is my problem, and this is why I could see someone like half hope. No, 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 but it's a but, questionable classic. But you see, this is the issue here when you're making an album, and I think yeah, again, I think Michael Jackson was to use him as an example. Do you know the amount of tracks that Michael Jackson didn't put on his album? Like before he made an album, Prince. he'd make about forty tracks, thirty tracks. And he'd lose about 20 of them or 25 of them. And you'd have maybe 12. So he, every single track is watertight. There are tracks here where they don't need to, need, need to be on here. And I think the thing about this is that I have to, we have to keep on comparing this to Elmat because of how close Jay-Z and Nasa and everything and how Jay-Z is so influenced by um, Nasa's album. You see, on Ilmate, I truly believe that there were more tracks or more songs made 
in that recording session of Illmatic that probably didn't even make the final cut. I think that everything that Jay-Z recorded made it on this album. And it speaks to what you guys mentioned of like, he was really wanting to do this one album. So he was like, you know what? Everything that I think of, everything I want, I'm just going to put everything on here. I don't think more thoughts was given. So let's not be very critical and decide what tracks work, what tracks don't work. Because I'm sorry, man, based on the, the tempo and the pace you've set from track one to track eight, how do you have a coming of age or Kashmir thoughts here? I'm sorry. Oh, com- I think coming of age is the same theme as the evils. Like you can understand conceptually. conceptually. No, 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 no. Tosi, we have to okay, understand about the. Wait, let's look at this in a musical sense because there's musical sense, then there's content. I'm not going to begrudge the content or anything of like what he's talking about. Forget about what he's talking about. Let's l- listen in a critical, musical, sonic sense about pacing, tone, and, and so forth. You cannot tell me that Coming of Age is anywhere close to the musical quality of The Evils. You're not going to tell me that. Please don't. I'm not, but what I'm basically saying is that as a concept record, musically too, musically too, honestly, like that Coming of Age beat, for me, it's fire, but I understand why y'all don't mess with it. Like, I can understand that. And then I just say that there, for me personally, there are only two like subpar records on this. That's Ain't No Nigga and uh, Cashmere Thoughts, pretty much. I'm but the rest, <laughs> Coming of Age is just average. That's what I look at. It's just an average record <laughs> in the context of the whole 14. AZ didn't, didn't do the Friend of Four beats justice, so the, so the song annoys me. Because I'm thinking that why wait, why isn't he rapping? Okay. This is what I argue. Just so you're saying, oh, it's not a classic, like well, you're thinking it's not a classic. Just the way the way you feel about that is the way I feel about I don't know, Raising Hell by Run DMC. It's tricky. Walk this way. Like that's that shit is trash to me. But I could understand why it's a classic. Same thing with like Curtis Blow, you know, basketball is my favorite sport. I love to go up and dribble down the court. You know, like it, it is what it is. Like it's a it's it's dope then, but and it's a classic, but that doesn't mean I don't mess with it. So maybe that's just how you you feel in reference to these tracks, but overall though, just in the landscape of this mafiosa rap subgenre thing, like this is arguably the best this is the best it has to offer. Like this album is one of the quintessential listenings you can have when it comes to just hip hop. Reasonable see, doubt. Is, no, 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 no. Give me a break. This, just, this, this, it this, is, this, bro. And, bro, that's no, facts. That's, actually, that's consensus. That's actually consensus, no, bro. I don't, I, I don't care what the consensus How was it not? How was it not? This is a really good album. Okay. This is a, as I said again, this is my favorite personal Jay Z album. And this is a, what I call a really good album. And every time I listen to this album, I'm like, you know, there are songs I skip. But there are some extremely high songs. This is not. Don't don't even dare. Don't you dare put this on the same level as Illmatic. Stop Illmatic. It, bro. comparing Wait, everything bro. to oh. Illmatic. It is bro. it is comparable to Illmatic. Just no 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 no, no 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 guys guys guys, guys, guys let's like, let's let's be wrong. This is why last week I tried to give the analogy of like there are varying levels to things. Like, if we compare every rap album that's ever been released to Illmatic, Illmatic will be the only classic because nothing will touch it. 
So we have to be broader in our definition of what is classic. If if your reasoning for this album isn't classic, is it's not Illmatic, then no other album in hip hop can be classic because nothing is that. that. Okay, okay, let me respond. I have a question though. So we have to have a broader definition of classic. Apart from Illmatic and and uh, reasonable doubt that we've talked about, just just Mm. name me two classics to you. To you, like in this, Um, just don't. Um, wait, 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 rap albums. Yeah. Yes. Um, off the top of my head, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, Doggy Style. Okay, fair enough. But see, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, no one, it doesn't have the consensus, you know, like opinion that it's classic compared to like Mid-Diver Reasonable Doubt. Like, or Low End Theory. Like people, yeah, or even, people yeah, exactly. will put Low End Theory, People's Instinctive Travels, and Midnight okay, no, Marauders I mean, over, over I Beats, Rhymes, and Life. 99 no, no, times out of 100. No, but see, 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 I just, so what's I just classic to you doesn't with, necessarily mean that's classic no, for everyone. Well, basically, I just took issue with Tosi saying that this is quintessential. It is. It is. Jay-Z, is Jay Z not, not a big part of hip hop? What is Jay Z? What is the what is the record that shows the essence of who Jay Z is? You see, Hustler, for me, Jay-Z, like it's this Jay-Z, album. Jay-Z, so yeah, right? it's quintessential. Wait, let me land. Let me land. Let me land. Let me land. <laughs> See, Jay Z for me is about discography, and this guy has easily the best discography of any rap rapper in in history. So it's about this was a guy where you need to look at his length and breadth of work. When I listen to this album, as we have said again, the first half is amazing, top quality, amazing rap, rapping, decent production, and 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 so forth. You can't if okay. Forget about okay. Let's not even mention Elmatic and anything. Let's look at this album as in and of itself. Coming of age, Cashmere thoughts, ain't no nigger. Ugly friend of four. I'm sorry. Brings the album down because if let's say you just gave me two semi tracks of a 15 track album or a 14 track album, I'm like okay, I can get it. I can't one, two, three, four, four tracks. You could maybe say three at minimum, man. And, and also remember, so, so they're, they're not like they come back to back to to, to back. So it's a lull. It's it's um, a noticeable yes, lull. Hope, you, you can't let perfect be the enemy of great. So the album is not perfect. It has flaws. Mm. Like this is one hundred percent factual. Like what you're saying is not wrong. But just because something isn't perfect doesn't mean it's not great. So when Tosin says it's essential listening, what he said before was this is the quintessential mafioso New York rap album. Like it's in the conversation with Only Built for Cuban Links, with It Was Written. Like you have to include it in that essential listening. So because the album isn't perfect doesn't mean it's not classic. And we have to consider, well, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you go. Oh no 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 sorry 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 because I caught you off for finish. No please go go it's okay. No but it's funny though. Oh sorry. My thing is okay. My thing is this. My thing is is that because I listened to this before this I listened to album probably about twice three times and I just wanted to say how do I feel listening to this as a whole and which is why I started off by saying that because again when I look at an album and everything I take everything into account and the three elements I take into account are rapping skill, rapping content quality of production and as an extra one your track listing so the tone the pace and the rhythm of the tracks 
Okay. And for me, the thing that jumped out at me more than anything was Jay-Z's quality of rap. And I think his content sometimes goes over people's heads, and that's where you have to maybe listen a, a bit more about his content. But I think his rapping style, because it's so good and so skillful and and and, and his wordplay is so amazing, that's the thing that really jumps out a lot more than the production and, and, and so forth. So when I just look at this album as a whole, I'm like, and I'm listening through it, it's not an album I can listen to again multiple times. And, I, and it's an album in which I will listen to one, two tracks, skip a few tracks here and there. So when I look back at it, I have to say it's, it's an amazing album. A classic, you see, I pause. I can't definitely say wow. no. But calling it a classic, I just pause for thoughts. But I will definitely say it's an amazing album. For sure, it's an amazing album. Okay, okay but Double H, can you agree that classic albums aren't perfect always? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like for like, sure. like last week, I was talking about, you know, Nevermind like by uh, Nirvana. Like, mm. That's a different genre. But, you know, there is there are some terrible tracks in there. Like it's, you know, it's, you know what I'm saying? But it's a classic. It's, no, no, no. But I can only go based off listening to the album as a whole. And when I listen to it as a whole, and I'm like, okay, I've listened to the album from track one to track 14. And I think on it, I'm like, yeah, that was an amazing album. But I don't get the feeling of like, man, that was a classic. I, do, you know I, I listen to do? do you know what we need to do that we didn't do last week? And maybe I'll ask the question here. If you had to rate Illmatic out of 10, and we'll have to do this every episode from now on. Um, mm. If oh, you had to we rate... Should also... Okay, yeah. Go no, go no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was I was going to say that we should also mention our favorite tracks after every when we're done. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We did yeah, do yeah, that for Illmatic. Definitely, yeah, definitely like tracks, like like top three tracks you should download or something like that. Um, so Half Hope, I'm I'm gonna start with you. If you had to give Illmatic a score out of ten, what would you give it? Ten. <laughs> Tosin, what would you give Illmatic? Ten. Yeah, it says perfect album. Then I would give it a ten as well. So we're all giving Illmatic a ten. So that's thirty mm. out of thirty. Yep. And and individually we all give it a ten. So have hope. If you had to give Reasonable Doubt, which I'm making you, so if you give Reasonable Doubt a rating out of ten, eight, 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 and no point fives. We don't do that point oh, five like. Oh, you see, see, I'm it, 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 no point five because that's that's a cop out. Pick okay, a number. Eight. Really? Only integers. Dang. <laughs> you got to pick a number, gonna, man. I'm making you make up decisions. I was going to I was going to say 9.5, man. If I'm going to round that, I'm going to that. No, it's either 9 no, or 10. Give a number, man. Give a number, bro. Give a number. 10. It's a 10. 10. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's a different it's a different type of 10, but it's a 10. It's a 10. Okay. Bro, this is okay. the highest no, no, of this. this, this, this is, this is what I, hey, hey, have hope. Have hope. That is Tosin's opinion. Let him have it, okay? Have hope, have hope. What was your number again? Eight. Eight. And I'm a nine. So, see, now I'm, I'm having to do quick math, and I'm not good at that. So that's 27 out of 30. So, you know, that's not bad. That's not bad. Eight. So basically, no. we, we, we gave Illmatic an A+. Plus, you know, reasonable doubt getting an A-. minus. Pretty much. Now, I would say that anything below an eight... You're saying it's not classic. If it's a nine or a ten, I would say you're probably saying it's classic. Eight, maybe borderline, and seven and below can't mm. be classic. So have hope when you say eight. I'm I'm assuming you're very that's borderline. Like it could be, 
it is yeah. on some days. Today it yeah. isn't. The, today it isn't on, on another day. It might be. Yeah. So so for Tosin and I, it's clearly a classic. So when when I first listened to Reasonable Doubts, I was like, yeah, man, this like, this is a classic. But listening to it again more and more, I was like, huh. see, for other albums, I can turn on like a doggy style, a beat rhymes in life, maybe even a ready to, to die. I can turn on all these albums and I'm like, yeah, man, these albums are just as amazing as they were when I first listened to them. The second time I listened to them, the fifth time I listened to them, the 20th time I listened to them, and each pick any time, I still get the same emotions listening to them. So that's why I say, no, it has to be a classic because anytime I listen to whether it's this year, next year, five years, four years ago, I still get the same em emotions. But the emotions I had when I first listened to Reasonable Doubts was, this is a classic. But the emotions I have now listening to Reasonable Doubts is no, it's a very good album. That's a borderline classic. All right. <laughs> so, Illmatic, 30 of the 30. I'm just writing this down now. Reasonable Doubt, 27 out of 30. Yo, All honestly, right. yo, I, I was going to say, man, like one of the biggest regrets of this album that I just have is the fact that Nas and AZ weren't on Bring It On. And we, like, Sauce Money still went in. But Nas and AZ, they were supposed to be in that. They were supposed to be in the studio for it, and Dame was mad at them for not coming, for not coming through. Wow. So, yeah, man, if we got the Nas and AZ on Bring It On, we'd we'd be talking about that, you know. Oh yeah, that no, that that'd be, that'd but, be a very different. But if they're on that song together, do we get Ether Takeover? Do we get that whole beef if they have that? We don't. Link early? We don't. Exactly. That was the genesis of the beef. Exactly. Yep. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad we did it. So, <laughs> how... oh, no, okay, okay, so, so basically, final thoughts. I mean, um, impact. How do you think this album sort of impacted the um, hip hop industry, rapping in the, 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 the rap game and impacted it? That's a big question because at, at, impact is hard to judge because I don't think anybody in 1996 knew exactly what Jay Z was going to turn into by the time mm. we get into. 98, 99, 2000. As we said at the at the beginning of the show, like this came out with AT Aliens, all those. Uh, it was written. There were just so many albums that came out in '96. Like I can't even really think of them. But like if you go and look up like rap albums from '96, there's like some heavy hitters. And this album only went gold. I don't think it went platinum for a long time. Which in the era of like everyone's buying CDs, it, it was bootlegged. Right. Like Nas, Nas, Nas didn't go platinum till ten years after Illmatic dropped. You know, it happens. Right. Yeah. So, the impact on rap is interesting because I think we have to look at it through the prism of once Jay Z gets hot and people go back and listen to it, that's really when oh, Reasonable Doubt was classic. It's kind of revisionist history once Jay Z becomes who Jay Z is, or Jay Z became who Jay-Z is. I'm not exactly sure the tense is right there, but yeah. like at the time, I don't think this might have had the cultural uh, gravitas that it does today, because Biggie wasn't dead. Pac wasn't mm. dead. Like, this is coming out in a time where Jay-Z's more of an afterthought, or not an afterthought, but just he isn't famous yet. This is his debut. By the time he gets famous and becomes who he is, then people go back, and I'm Feel like i'm speaking in circles so i, I you guys surely get yeah. the point um for me like reasonable doubt is like an ex existentialist take on but existential i mean like you know 
like you know that word started um, being paraded about like in the post-war period as this life of absurdity and just being a responsible agent trying to developing yourself and doing things through your own will so that was pretty much what this album was like it was an ex existentialist take on the street life and jay did it so eloquently and just so and it's just an articulate way to the point where like he says it himself this is his the most wordy album he's ever done and because he has so much to say and this album it establishes jay as that that voice of the crack generation you know mm. that guy who you know he grew up like remember in american gangster in that record uh blue magic he says Niggas want to bring the 80s back. That's okay with me. That's where they made me at. Like, that, that's where he was. Like, that's where all his experiences, all his life experiences, you know, for 25, 26 years, he put that all together. And that's the, the difference with Nas. Where Nas is rapping from different perspectives, Jay is rapping about real life, things he really mm -hmm. went through. Yeah, man. Just overall, like, this album is... Like Killer Mike said, man, this is Shakespearean, man. It's a Shakespearean style of the street life. Like, it, it's just, it's humanizing the hustler, you know? I was just about to say that, man. I was just about to say, like, a lot of people see drug dealers as like, oh, they, they must be, like, stupid and broken, this and that. Like, not, maybe not broke, but just, like, idiots. Why would they be out there doing drugs and or selling drugs yeah. and making their community bad like they just must be idiots but then when you hear somebody have the eloquence and the forethought and the just the surgical precision of someone like jay-z who's able to put he does i was gonna say put pen to paper but he doesn't even do that yeah he's so smart he could just come up with these bars out of thin air it seems like you have to actually reconsider all of the notions that you have about who are these drug dealers why are they doing what they do because someone can eloquently put it like this it gives you like yo yeah, it's not as it's not as cut and dry. It's not as black and white as good bad. There's like, there actually there's there's thought processes behind everything that's going on. So, I think that's maybe the lasting legacy for for me is is kind of rethinking the way I see people who do badness, and I uh, think that's interesting. Important. Yeah, and he talks about even on that regrets. You know, like I'm a I'm a, I'm a killer on the outside, but on the inside, you know. I shouldn't be doing this, you know. Like, <laughs> but again, <laughs> like, but, like, but also, it's, it's it's also interesting, especially from someone like me, like uh, Tosin alluded to. Like, I don't come from a from a an, I, I don't live in the hood or anything like that. Like, I've I've never really lived that experience in terms of where I can remember it, and it was never going to be as bad as Marcy Projects um, yeah. in Brooklyn. So to hear that experience, other I'm sure other people, as you say, like they hear reasonable doubt, and it's like they're the hustler's bible or whatever it is. I don't really have that lived experience. So to hear it and it be illuminated for me in that way, um, I think that's really important. And there are other records, which I'm sure we'll get to, that do similar things. But yeah, so have hope you can, um, you can take it. So basically, so just to round off before we um, say adios, I just think um, why this stands out and I think the impact that this had, I just think pretty much from what you guys just said, just piggybacking off what you just guys said is... Um, it's very easy to talk about the hustler's life and growing up in the hood. And if you don't have that experience, very hard to understand where the person is coming from. Mm. But the way that Jay-Z does it in a very eloquent, intellectual, illuminating way, as and I think it's what even Susan said, is that he really paints a picture. 
because mm. it's very poetic and and Shakespearean and very um, intellectual how he's just able to use the words just to paint this picture of a world that we don't have not really experienced the wizard that he's pretty much ex experienced it and i just think that as far as a debut goes this was just the introduction of a new kind of rapper where yeah we've had rappers talk about the hood and hustling and everything but not to the kind of density and way in which jay-z was coming at it because it was coming at it from a very creative kind of way you know, so even how, even if he's just saying stuff that's maybe on, when he break it down and deconstruct it on face value, it's like, oh yeah, this is just how I was selling drugs. This is just how this guy was shot. But the way he's saying it is filled with so many different kinds of words and coming at so many different kinds of angles that you're given a very enriched explanation mm -hmm. of something that's, it was, that's a very simple, if you were to view it in, like in a documentary or in an episode of The Wire or so forth. So, Dope. I just think so, yeah. So, so when you just really listen to the album as a whole and everything, you're like, you know, man, this is just beyond just being a skilled rapper with regards to the mechanics of rapping and rhyming and words and syllables and everything. It's just um, the ability of the man to execute and tell a story in an effective way, you know, because yeah. everybody's almost every rapper has a, a, a story to tell, everyone does. It's how you tell it. And how effective do you tell it? And can you tell it in a way that is still keeping musical? So you have to balance the whole thing of keeping it musical, keeping it on beats, keeping the rhythm, but saying what you need to say and make sure people understand what you need to say and you hit those key, key points while also making it a good musical track that people can connect to on a musical level. So, um, and yeah, that, my friends, is reasonable dude. You know, oh, should we, uh, we say our three favorite tracks? Uh, okay. okay, three favorite. Okay, um, Tosi, you start sort of your three favorite tracks. And uh, off top, uh, Dead Presidents, Can I Live, and um, Can't Knock the Hustle. Okay, Danny T. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is tough. <laughs> it's really tough, man. Tough. I, I don't even know if the three I mentioned tough. are the ones I wanted, you know. This is tough. Um, Can I Live, Dead Presidents 2, and I'm torn between Feeling It and The Evils, but I got to give it to The Evils, man, even though I love Feeling It. I love Feeling It. That's tough, man. That's like picking between children. I don't have children, but, you know. Pick! It's like pick, pick, it, a child, pick a child. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say uh, Dead Presidents 2, Can I Live, and The Evils. For me, Dead Presidents 2, um, The Evils. Ah! This is tough. You see, for me, I would say 22 twos. I wouldn't really call it a track, but that's like my bonus man because it's not really a track, it's just a display of skill. So give it a special mention. But just for track tracks, it's a track, um, I would say He's trying to Dead President The Evils and Regrets. Ooh, okay. Good pick, yeah. Bro, when All right, 95 guys, how you survive? I ain't trying to survive. I'm trying to live it to the limit and love it a lot. Oh, that's just it's just. Yo, Dennis, bring us your rap album, man. Man, when's your rap album coming out? Sorry. Yo, on this podcast, we're gonna be doing a lot of rapping on this podcast. Yo, just just one last thing. 
Um, can we tell the people what album we're gonna do next week? That way they can listen to it with us. It's not we're not like jumping on them with it. So can we decide what album we're gonna do now? Um, so our next album that we'll be doing that's um, you guys can be listening to before the episode will be Lupe Fiasco, Food and Liquor. All right, there it is, Lupe Fiasco, Food and Liquor. So we'll see you guys here again next week. So. Before next week's episode drops, just make sure that you are also well-versed in Food and Liquor by Lupe Fiasco and we'll be back here to critique the album as we well do and give it our thoughts. Guys, from myself, your boy Danny T, your boy Two to the Tosin, peace out, stay true, stay black, stay real. Peace. Peace, peace.